Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. They are giving all new customers a can't-miss offer right now. Bet just $1 on any football game this week and receive $200 in free bets instantly. I'm Cheerson Sussell here with Johnny Venerable. And Johnny, the Cardinals did not hold back today. A lot of wonderful content to talk about uh, came out of Chandler Jones and Kyler Murray's media availabilities. Um, a lot of which was surrounding uh, Chandler's contract situation. Uh, first and foremost, I guess, congratulations are in order for him, NFC Defensive Player of the Week. That was to be expected. Um, but getting the chance to talk with him for the first time this entire season meant there were a ton of questions, um, you know, about the his contract situation, whether or not he did in fact request a trade. And uh, there was a camera on the sideline of Sunday's game that caught him patting the pockets of Steve Keim um, after his big day. So uh, let's just go ahead and hear from him and what he had to say, and then we'll discuss. Let's do it. I thought you talking with Steve and, and Michael. Cutting his pockets? Like yeah, that was, that was cutting his pockets for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you say anything to him at that point? Like, he knows what that means. <laughs> In this situation here, I think uh, it's advantageous for me to, to show up for sure. I know, you, I know I wasn't at minicamp. I wasn't at OTAs. But when it comes to this season, I think uh, you know, doing your job is, is essential. Uh, putting the team first, ignoring the noise, and, and like I said previously, just managing expectations. Is it true you asked for a trade challenge? Yeah, I did ask for a trade. I what, did. What was the uh, I'll let, I'll let uh, if Steve wants to talk about that, he can speak about it or my agent, but that is true. Do you feel at this point in your career you need to go out and have a monster type of season to earn another big deal, or do you think that you should just be I think I play best when I don't go on thinking about the deal or the contract. Is it is it something that, I mean, off the field, that, yeah, I mean, of course. I don't know where I'm going to live next year, you know? Um, but in the same situation, I think when the season starts, I even tell my agent, let's put all that to a side. You know, you take care of that. If you want to talk about it, you talk about it. Um, as far as for me, I'm going to play, and I'm going to play my best football, and, and we'll see what happens then. First of all, can I just say, Cheers, I'm so jealous that you got to be at that press conference for a couple <laughs> different reasons. So we haven't heard from Chandler Jones in like a year, right? For those of you who are listening, go look up the clip. He's got a beanie on. I was outside. It's triple digits in the valley. He's got a mask on because of everything going on with COVID. And he's got like a partial half sleeve. Um, he's in complete like YOLO mode. And I guess you can you can be like that after the performance that he had on on Sunday. But I'm you super know what? jealous you got to be there. Yeah, you brought up the beanie thing, and I was like, wait a second. Why is he wearing that? Nobody in that room even thought twice about it, but you're absolutely right. It's like 
100, 100 plus degrees outside and he's got like a winter hat on. He That whole press conference was 100% telegraphed. When you drop a line like, I don't know where I'm going to live this year, that ignites the fan base and makes everybody feel uneasy. And that's exactly what he's trying to do. And to his credit, it's working marvelously because – Again, he didn't show up at all this summer. Um, none of it was mandatory. He showed up when it was mandatory. Um, they could have easily made him out to be the villain a la Patrick Peterson. The front office just let Patrick Peterson dig himself into a hole, both with his play and his comments, right? And at this point, the fan base does not appreciate him like they do Chandler Jones. All Chandler Jones has done is put his head down. He's grinded. He's a team captain. And now he has five sacks to debut with the team this Sunday, I apologize. My daughter's just right outside our door and wants to obviously talk about Chandler Jones. But, Is that Frankie? Uh, with, yes, that's Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, what, what what has taken place is he has shifted the momentum nationally and locally from a player that maybe damaged goods that, oh, the Cardinals maybe will pivot off of Chandler Jones. You know, he only had one sack in five games last year and he was injured to, hey, did you see Chandler Jones? He could break the sack record. He's making $15 million this year, but that's it. He's a free agent. And then he has a presser like that. I mean, to, to me, the last point I want to make is, and Chandler's right. He says, I play my best. I don't have to worry about all that stuff. And, you know, Sunday aside, when the Cardinals extended him after he got to Arizona, all he did was be better than he was in New England. In New England, he averaged nine sacks per season. In Arizona, he's averaged 15 sacks per season not uh, last year notwithstanding. Well, there's a difference, too, between worrying about something and using it as mo momentum because he yeah. admitted that, yeah, this entire offseason, when you have a season-ending injury, you got to sit out you know, the rest of the season, then you've got an entire offseason. Uh, that's not fun, especially when you're dealing with you know a contract situation like he has. And so he had bottled every ounce of that up in his – uh, physical therapy to get be able to get back on the field. And then when he was uh, able to get back on the field, he continued to bottle that up and use it as fuel. So he's not worrying about it now because he used it as motivation last season and in the off season, then preparing uh, to be to the, in this position. Yeah. I, I just think he feels like he's playing with house money um, outside of last year. He's really never been injured for his career. I think he feels like with the time he's put in this off season, working on his body, Last year, didn't have the mileage on his lower body. His, his injury was upper body. It was a bicep tear that by all accounts, I mean, he was ready to go shortly after the, the beginning of the new year. And so he's had all this additional time to get ready and train for what is going to be maybe the most profitable a year of his career. I just think, again, we talk, we're going to talk about the sack record here in a second. It, it's, it's, I'm sure, top of mind for him. And if he breaks the sack record and he's unsigned, what kind of message does that send to the Cardinals and to their fan base. I also think, you know, I loved how he was, first off, he knew, so Cameron Cox was the, of 12 News, was the guy that got the footage of him on the sidelines, patting Kimes' pockets, and he was the one that asked the question. And as soon as he opened his mouth, Chandler cut him off. He was like, patting the pockets? Yeah, I did that. But there's something to catch in there because, He's on social media. Like he knew that that had been tweeted out already. He knew that that question was coming and he made a joke of it. And just like, you know, patting the pocket is a joke too. I don't think that if Chandler had handled this any other way, 
but in a mature way that we'd all be, you know, laughing at the scenario right now. No, I totally agree. And I think he looks at the contracts, albeit for younger players that Miles Garrett got, that TJ Watt got, and I'm sure he's realistic. You know, he doesn't have the extended years in terms of give me another, you know, bloated five-year contract. What matters is the guaranteed money from year to year. And I'm sure that's what he and his agent have tried to broach with Steve Kime and company. And I know that for a fact, they had conversations this spring and the Cardinals wanted to take a wait and see approach. And you could make an argument. That's the right approach right now. If you're going to get this kind of Chandler Jones. And again, that's not to diminish. I just said that he plays his best historically when he doesn't have to work, worry about contract stuff. He had almost 20 sacks two years ago when he still had two years left on his deal, three years, if you, if you consider the start of the season. But what we could be seeing right now is the maturation process of the most motivated single player on the team playing the second most important position in a year where the Cardinals have to make the playoffs. And I feel like the Cardinals secretly probably know what they're doing. They, they do not have a problem. That being Michael Bidwell paying star players. So if he has to write a big fat check at the end of the season, fresh off a playoff berth, I think he's going to be okay doing that. How interesting do you find it that he is able to be so candid? Like, yeah, I requested a trade in the offseason, and he's <laughs> he's sitting there at a Cardinals press conference, but he's still like, I mean, he he could he could have said no comment. I mean, the information had been out there uh, via a source, had been floating around, but we never heard it from Chandler himself. I mean, he could have just said, you know kind of how he did at the end of if, if Kime or my agent wants to talk further about it, they can, I'll leave the rest of the, of the conversation to them. But he didn't have to go out there and say, uh, yeah, I requested a trade. I think th- there's a distinct difference between what's taking place with Chandler Jones and what took place with Patrick Peterson. Chandler Jones is in the same place Khalil Mack was and Jalen Ramsey was. Those individuals wanted to be paid a premium by their organization and fans gravitate towards star players and want to see star players rewarded. The the fan base of the Raiders, then Oakland, did not want to see Khalil Mack go to Chicago and did not understand why their ownership did not want to pay him. Same thing with Jacksonville and Jalen Ramsey. The difference with Patrick Peterson is Patrick Peterson was still in the midst of his deal and he did not request a trade because of his contract, although he wanted more money at the end of his deal and coincidentally wanted to stay with the Cardinals. He wanted to go to a contender. He wanted to go play for the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles in in 2018. The Cardinals had a trade offer from Philadelphia for a first-round pick and a receiver, um, and and the Cardinals turned it down. And so Chandler Jones is telling you right now, hey, I want to play with the Cardinals. I'll be here as long as you want me to be here, right? I want to play with J.J. Watt and Kyler Murray. Look what we've built. Look what we're doing already in this, you know, quote-unquote special season we're about to have. But why don't you want to pay me? Don't you love me? Don't I, I'm, I'm going to be in the ring of honor one day. I, I might lead you know, the franchise in sacks when it's all said and done. That resonates with fans. And he, he's, he and his agent are, are playing the game. So I don't think, by all accounts, there's anything wrong with him admitting that. While it's, it's jarring to see that, he could have just said no comment, like you mentioned. I don't think he sees anything wrong with it because their first intent was to stay with the team. And that's inevitably where I think he's going to remain. He was also asked whether or not he's focused on getting or breaking the sack record, which is held by Michael Strahan. He's now 17 and a half sacks away from that, which is so many sacks. I mean, yeah, like getting off to the start that he did is fantastic. Um, but, you know, even when you're on pace for 85, that 21 and a <laughs> half doesn't seem that many. 
Yeah, uh, maybe if he is able to uh, capitalize on this week two special on the DraftKings app, Chandler Jones uh, plus 1,000 to record four or more sacks, if he's able to capitalize on that uh, and win some people some money, I think I'll have a, a, a more positive outlook on him breaking that record. Well, the only way you're going to be able to do that right now and maximize your money is by going to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official betting partner of the NFL. And if you use the promo code PHNX, you're going to receive a free $200 to bet with instantly. All you have to do is bet a dollar on any football game this weekend. And I don't even think it's a football game. You can do what Chirsten just said. You can do a prop bet like that for Chandler Jones this weekend to hit four sacks again. So it's important to remember that. Uh, plus 21 Arizona only gambling problem call 1-800 next steps eligibility restriction restrictions apply max $50 wager one per customer so if you've already cashed in I'm sorry you can't double down but those of you who have not go to DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details and while we're here I always like to take the opportunity to talk you up Johnny and what you're doing on our website gophnx.com writing some awesome content uh, right now, you're going to get access to all the written content for every sport that we cover, but also get uh, exclusive member-only only deals on our merchandise every week. I think Friday, we're going to debut a new Cardinals t-shirt on our website, phnxlocker.com. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and then you're also going to get access to our members-only Discord, um, where you can just chat it up with your fellow PHNX members and other sports fans. Um, and right now we have a promo going on. If you become a member of the fam, you're going to get either a free t-shirt of your choice from again, the PHNX locker or your first month for just 50 cents, depending on which option you choose. So Johnny, have you seen the t-shirt? I love it. I have seen it. It's fantastic. Everyone should go buy uh, one for every member of their home. Uh, and we're going to rock ours just as soon as we can get our hands on some. Um, but at this rate, I'll probably be the last to get one, but it is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So again, I think we're going to reveal it on Friday, but I'll, I'll, I'll drop a little hint. It is Kyler Murray themed. So I'm excited about it. All right. Speaking of Kyler Murray, he was, uh, he was snubbed for offensive player of the week, according to you. Yes. And that, according to him. <laughs> Kyler doesn't, I'm sure Kyler doesn't care about it. You know what Kyler cares about, and this is what matters, winning. And so Kyler Murray would trade all the accolades to get this team to the playoffs and beyond. But what happened this morning was so egregious, and I can only think of a couple different things. So let me set the stage. Matt Stafford threw three touchdowns in his game and got player of the week, offensive player of the week, over Kyler Murray, who had five total touchdowns. Matt Stafford, who hosted a fledgling Chicago Bear franchise that no one thinks is worth assault this year and will do anything. The Cardinals went on the road, on the road to Eastern time zone and played a Tennessee team that's been in the postseason each of the last two years. A lot of people think they will be a contender this year and throttled them behind Kyler Murray. He had all the highlight plays of the week. My only guess, Cheerson, why they did this is, number one, there's an L.A. bias going on. The league, the Rams, are the, the darling in the NFL right now, they were on Sunday Night Football for a reason. They want Matthew Stafford to work there. And then also, I don't think that they, and this is wrong, this shouldn't matter, but I don't think they wanted Offensive Defensive Player of the Week to come from the same team. I mean, who cares? If that if that really did play into it, uh, who cares That's about that? Yeah. 
I mean, certainly, um, you know, like you said, Kylo doesn't care too much about it, but he did comment on it today and thought that uh, it should have gone to him. He admitted that. Oh, he so, did? Okay. But, yeah, he wasn't, like, super angry about it. He laughed and felt like he, he said he got snubbed, but, you know, it is what it is. But here is the thing, Johnny. Would you rather have NFC Offensive Player of the Week or the award that he did win? So hang on here. This is what he won. Okay. I'm back with the big news everyone's been waiting for. This week's MVP. Drum roll. This week's MVP is Kyler. Oh! Congratulations to our winner. Oh! That's one sweet trophy. Wow. He won MVP Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player. <laughs> This just came down right before we recorded. <laughs> We're recording this God podcast. Thank you for grabbing that. Uh, there is man. something so darling about. I don't know what it is that I just. I just love the Nickelodeon stuff. I have not watched Nickelodeon since I was probably the, the age of that young man that was on that presenting that award. But uh, I'm sure Kyler felt good about it. You know, kid friendly. Kyler, you know, he's he's shorter, so I'm sure a lot of kids aspire to be Kyler Murray. Uh, no, that's, that's a nice consolation prize, but my guess is he would still prefer offensive player of the week. Do you remember the, the Nickelodeon broadcast they had for a game? I don't know. Yeah, I do. Years and I ago? Think Mitch Trubisky was like the MVP of that game. So, and they lost, right? Wasn't that the deal? Yeah. I guess so I don't know if I, I don't know if I take Nickelodeon at their word that they know what they're doing football wise. That's a good start with Kyler Murray. What it means is you are doing an awesome job branding yourself to appeal to the younger generations that are going to grow up to want to be your fan, follow you, buy your jerseys, uh, want to whatever they do. Kyle, Kyler's into gaming, so buy his gaming stuff. I don't even know what Kylo does with that. You're, but, you're uh, spot on. The Cardinals are not a national brand, and if this does anything, it will help them reach a larger audience. They don't have the gravitas of the Steelers and the Cowboys and the Packers, right? Kyler's the best thing going for the Cardinals, whether people admit that or not. And so this is always nice to see. You would rather see that than be irrelevant with like with like the Jacksonvilles of the world. So no, I think, you know, across multiple landscapes, I mean, like casual friends of like my wife know who Kyler Murray is that don't follow football. That's a good start, right? Well, lots been said about his performance, um, although he did not win Offensive Player of the Week um, in Week 1. Uh, he came out looking more confident in everything from, you know, you know, checking at the line of scrimmage to, to making throws to just orchestrating the offense than yeah. I feel like we've seen from him. It was his best game, maybe as a pro, because you consider the circumstances. They didn't have fans last year, so he had to deal with the fans in Tennessee. Eastern time zone game. You've got a lot of new pieces, right? Rondell Moore's new. A.J. Green's new. I know they've had Rodney Hudson since the spring, but all of these pieces are coming together for the first time. And the intermediate passing game, which just was non-existent last year. I know I've talked about this endlessly, but it bears repeating the backyard football that Keen Hopkins did which was so much fun, and it's what you see on the Red Zone channel. But it's also why the maturation of, of their offense didn't evolve as the season went on. And when they faced great defensive coordinators, they, they weren't able to adjust. And now you've seen Kyler Murray wants to be a 
semi-pocket passer. Uses athleticism with necessary four carries for 20 yards on Sunday. But he wants to pick teams apart from the pocket and uses athleticism to, to throw guys open, not to take off and run a la Lamar Jackson. I mean, those plays that you saw, the scramble around the Rondell Moore, the fadeaway pass to Christian Kirk, those were magnificent plays that show up on the stat sheet as you know intermediate to, to long passes that he uses athleticism to help to help deviate from pressure. And that's that's the best version of Kyler Murray, in my opinion. I think it was the touchdown pass to Christian Kirk that you mentioned that Cliff was talking about. That was the most impressive, um, you know, play for him from week one. And I, I, I think it was that play where he joked at the end, like, yeah, it was a great, great play call. Wasn't it? Obviously <laughs> he's joking. It had nothing to do with Cliff and everything to do with Kyler's uh, athletic ability, but Kyler was asked about, um, the the improvements to his game and specifically that ability to check at the line of scrimmage and here's what he had to say uh, I think just being in the offense for three years now um, having the experience the reps seeing a lot of looks you know now knowing what to call at the line what to check to instead of you know rookie season you know being you know not knowing that maybe I should get out of this play but not knowing what to check to um, whereas now it's, you know, it's, it's just natural and it's easy. So yeah, there's definitely a difference. If Kyler can continue to improve in that regard where it's, you know, it's so much of being a quarterback is, is mental, your ability to see the field and react and react to what defenses are, are doing in the moment. Um, that's where he's really going to make the next step in his career. Yeah, you have to be methodical, right? And you almost have to be like a mental assassin when you're on the field and being able to go through your progressions and and check off and read defenses and audible at the line of scrimmage and know the offensive line protections and the schematics that go into all of that, right? You have to, it's 11 on 11 in the sense that you have to be able to leverage the other 10 people on offense. You're in charge of all of that. And Kingsbury has spoken at length this offseason about Kyler Murray's mastered this offense. And if that's the case, this is the maturation process of Kingsbury and kind of bringing him on board in the spring of, of 2019, then we should see an MVP-like season this year. Barring injury, barring something unforeseen with you know other guys going down, Kyler Murray this year statistically I think is going to put up huge numbers in the passing game. I think 30 to 35 touchdown passes is definitely within the realm of reach, especially considering they added a 17th game. I know – Fantasy enthusiasts, people who are into fantasy, look, I say this, he's the number one fantasy quarterback this week. He's the number one position rank quarterback after what he did to Tennessee. But I think that people will be disappointed because I don't think he's going to match his rushing totals from last year. And that's a good thing. We want him to have longevity in this role for this team so they can have sustained success. And the best way to do that is to protect him and let him carve apart defenses from the pocket. So I, I'm with you. I think this is going to be a banner year for him in the passing game. So I came across an article on Deadspin with the title, Is Kyler Murray Carrying Cliff Kingsbury? And it's not very in-depth, but it was eye-catching enough to where I clicked on it. And it did make a point in the article about, you know, those plays that we just talked about that are yeah. more Kyler showing off his, you know, his abilities rather than Cliff Kingsbury calling, you know, an incredible play or having an incredible offensive scheme. So what is your opinion on 
Kyler Murray carrying Cliff Kingsbury or not right now? I mean, I, I think that's the narrative since Cliff came into the NFL and fair or not to Cliff, you know, his best days are going to be because of Kyler Murray, according to the national media and his worst days are going to be because of him. Uh, because when Cliff Kingsbury was brought on, he'd been fired by his alma mater. Uh, he, he wasn't able to put together a defensive coaching staff. Steve Kime did that for him. That's out there. You can read about it. Um, so I don't think Cliff cares. Do I think it's factual? Maybe to a point. Um, I think that Cliff can be stubborn offensively, but I also think this is his best chance to succeed because he does have all the playmakers in-house that he envisioned when he took over this team and this offense. He didn't have a Rondell Moore to you know, be able to create in space at the line of scrimmage with those horizontal screens that we saw on Sunday. That's never occurred with this offense. You know, all due respect to Larry, that's not who Larry was last year. Isabella didn't pan out. Kirk was too inconsistent. Now you move him in, the, in his natural role in the slot. Of course, you've got Hopkins. You've got A.J. Green. I, I think that, listen, Cliff Kingsbury, to me, will, even if things don't work out this year and they don't make the playoffs and they, they opt to move off of Cliff, I think Cliff mm. did his job getting Kyler to this point. I don't think Kyler gets to this point without Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe he's able to reach it later down the line, maybe with a different coach. But, you know, I, I look at somebody like a Zach Taylor who, who can't win games and even be competitive in Cincinnati, you know, last weekend notwithstanding. Cliff made them competitive year one. People don't want to admit that. Last year, they were riding high. They're in a historically great division. And I think if Cliff and Kyler were in any other division, including the AFC West, I think we would look at him locally and nationally with a different perspective. But because he has to compete against Sean McVay and Pete Carroll and Kyle Shanahan, I, I just think he's the black sheep and he's under a consistent microcosm or a microscope of just ridicule. Um, but I think all great quarterbacks – carry their coach to some extent. So I don't think, I don't really think that's fair. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, if they're winning together, that will cure everything. But if Kyler, like last year, puts up big numbers and they're viewed as hollow because the wins didn't accompany them, that's where Cliff will, will face the most criticism. I think if Kyler makes a step forward and Cliff doesn't, that's going to be very apparent. Um, and then maybe at the end of the season, we can decide that. But after week one of Cliff's third year in the league and Kyler's third year in the league, listen, Kyler's not good enough right now, in my opinion, to truly be carrying uh, a, a head coach right now. Yeah, okay. he, is, he is on his way to solidifying himself as, uh, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, no doubt. But, you know, I don't think what we've seen out of him in, in two seasons in one game is enough to be able to say, oh, he's just carrying Cliff Kingsbury. Because they're not going to get very far if Cliff Kingsbury is the same exact head coach as he was last year. And then it'll be really apparent. I totally agree. My only pushback is Kyler Murray statistically last year was better than a lot of the quarterbacks that made the postseason. Um, and so, and I think he's going to eclipse his total touchdowns and, and yards passing from last year. If that continues, Kyler Murray is a Pro Bowl quarterback last year, and they didn't make the playoffs. And so the finger goes, the, the finger pointing goes to one guy, fair or not. That's Cliff Kingsbury. You're not able to take this supremely gifted player first overall that again, everybody sees on red zone. If you're not watching the games, you see, you see the highlights you're like, Oh my goodness. Kyler Murray is unbelievable. He's a top 10, 8 to 10 quarterback, but they're not winning. They're not getting to the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan is competitive with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a significantly lesser quarterback than, than 
than Kyler Murray. Same with Sean McVay and Jared Goff when he was in L.A. I think that that's where the pushback is, and that they they view it nationally. There's such a distinct drop off in coaching, and and Cliff is compared to these other coaches, fair or not. And so uh, I, I'm with you. Kyler has ways to improve to help Cliff Kingsbury. I w- I would agree with that. Not turning the ball over as much, being more consistent, staying healthy from week one to week 17. If he does all those things, it's going to take care of itself. But until Cliff Kingsbury can get this team into the postseason and they can win double digit games. People are always going to limit him as him as the problem in Arizona. Johnny, there's something about these week two specials on the DraftKings app that they're the simplest things for me to be able to understand. So I keep going back to them. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. I already mentioned them, but Kyler Murray, uh, five uh, plus five hundred to have five or more combined passing touchdowns uh, and a and a rushing touchdown as well. Um, so. I don't even know if I said that right. Kyler Murray plus 500 to have five or more combined passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. There you go on the DraftKings app. I don't know. I keep staring at one of these week two specials and I feel like, you know, I, I got the, got the app, used the promo code PHNX, got my place, my dollar bet. And now I've got that $200. And since these are the only things that I understand, <laughs> I'm thinking I might just have to place a bet on one of these. <laughs> and the beauty of that, Kirsten, is you can use your free $200 and put as much or little as you want. And with that specific bet, Kyler Murray plus 500 to have five or more touchdowns this week, it will pay out big regardless. So, And I think Minnesota is susceptible to, to another big Kyler Murray game. Yeah, and either way, uh, it's house money. So, you know, it you is. really can't lose. <laughs> All right, moving on to our last segment, shots fired. Here's what Kyler Murray had to say about Chandler Jones. I expect him on Sunday. You know, he's he's a really unorthodox guy. You know, doesn't doesn't you know he takes his shirt off. He doesn't look too good, but (laughs) 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 no, he makes plays on Sunday. So he gets out of the quarterback. You know, he's one of those dudes. He's really instinctual, um, and he's he's a you know he's a he's an expert at rushing the passer. How about that? All right. So that was another funny moment. I don't know what, before I go on to the rest of how this all unfolded, I just thought of something throughout my entire career. When teams are winning now, it's only week one, but they've won big and you know, there's excitement in the air. When teams are having success, they are the most fun to cover because it's loose People joke around, players like to laugh, you get a different side of them. And I think that is kind of what we saw today. Now, Chandler Jones is an outspoken guy, but the the banter sort of, and I'll, I'll go on with how this unfolded today, but the banter that we're seeing, you know, from Kyler, Chandler, and the rest of the guys, I feel like is a byproduct of, Guys just feeling good right now in that organization. Totally agree. Uh, Kyler Murray wants this franchise to be successful whatever way they can be successful because he knows that's how he's going to gain respect from his peers nationally. And so I'm with you. Everybody's playing loose when you start the season like that, especially when you consider that uh, they probably feel like they've been disrespected because of how they finished last year, but they were still a very competitive team. They beat a lot of good teams last year. They're just playing loose. They're having fun. And I think that that's where somebody like J.J. Watt comes into play. I know a lot of people 
in my mentions, in my DMs this week are like, man, I really hope they're going to be focused this week for Minnesota and they're not going to have a drop off. And I, I just think that, number one, based on how last year went, when there were so many drop offs after signature wins, you know, the Buffalo game, et cetera. And the fact that they brought in all these veterans to help kind of smooth things and keep things consistent. I, I think they feel like, like you mentioned, they're playing with house money, just like on DraftKings. And then also, there, you know, you, you're allowed to have fun in this league when you have a performance like that. So it, it's it's great to see. I'm a little bit more concerned about Kyler critiquing Chandler Jones's body because I've seen Chandler Jones many times in person. He's ripped. And my and my frame. <laughs> Should I feel worse about myself based on that? That's where the real shots were fired. Is everybody other than Chandler Jones is now like uh, Chandler Jones uh, is Chandler, unorthodox. It doesn't look good with his shirt off. What do I look like? <laughs> Uh, but uh, the the comedy continued. So Chandler Jones, somebody tweeted out um, Kyler's comment there. And so Chandler Jones quote tweeted it and said, somebody tell baby Yoda the truth about his new hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> to which Kyler responded with some uh, laughing, crying emojis. And then uh, the latest uh, tweet came from Chandler saying, I'm not laughing, bro. Follow me back to exclamation point. So they're just having a field house with the comments and interacting on Twitter. And I love it. I'm here for this content. I am. I am too. I, I want it all season. It's good for our business, right? It's good for what we do, but also it just, it makes the team more likable. Uh, and again, it's got to accompany wins, right? And especially when those divisional games roll around, I'm sure they're going to be completely buttoned up but I, I think we know what kind of output and showing they're going to have this Sunday well everyone knows that I love to laugh so I got my laugh and I think that's a great way to end the show if you are catching us on YouTube be sure to subscribe and uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe to the podcast as well. And if you're not already following us on social media at PHNX underscore sports, that's our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook handles. We'll see you on Friday. Bye.